What's up, everybody? It's Wes, Hank, and Andy. We are our own little uh, crew of uh, of specters here. <laughs> <laughs> As we uh, gather once again to uh, wax poetic on the road to Ahsoka. This is part seven. Holy cow, part seven uh, of the road to Ahsoka as we revisit the essential, preamble, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> as we revisit the essential Ahsoka Tano episodes uh, on the uh, Ahsoka Tano playlist over on Disney Plus. This one has me super excited because we had talked about this many, many times before. Um, wouldn't it be nice to do some Star Wars Rebels? Oh. Um, it's the first line of my notes. Finally, rebels. <laughs> <laughs> As I rewatched the episodes, and it's been a long time since I've watched these. Uh, I've I've perused them for research purposes, looking for snippets of things that oh, in this episode you will find. But to sit down and watch four episodes concurrently, like back to back to back, I'm like God, I it just reminds me of how much I love this show. Oh, yeah, it's, it's so good. Yeah, this was a first so, so watch good. for me because I still hadn't finished season one. But so now and second and third watch, I guess. OK, so now you've gotten the season finale of of one of season one because we are doing that two tonight. episodes into season two. Nice. Excellent. First it gets better. Out. Oh, it does. It totally gets better. It's so, it like it leaps and bounds. It's it's like Avatar, the last airbender, the last airbender. Yeah, uh, it just every season is just takes it up another notch something else dave filoni had his hands on mm -hmm. peak star wars baby <laughs> adam over go figure says uh, good evening gentlemen good and evening. uh we send a hearty good evening back to you hope all is well in uh, your neck of the woods super happy to be here tonight uh to be able to do this um i i've maintained that the rebellion era of star wars has been my remains my favorite uh, uh era of star wars i would include some of that in between stuff some of that what we used to call the dark times mm -hmm. uh which we are still Rise technically of the empire now yeah still we are still technically in the dark times we are well within it is star wars rebels but it is squarely in the rise of the empire mm -hmm. um as the even the rebels note that in yeah exactly episodes. The formal rebellion uh, mm. as uh, the the alliance to restore the republic doesn't technically exist yet. It's only, it's only taking shape. Yeah, it's still little cells here and there. Yeah, and we're yeah. really this is such a small corner of that too before they join Masasi. Right. I think tonight's going to be a lot of fun. I've been looking forward to this for a long time. Uh, I'm just I'm a little bit sad that we're not going into these like we are not devoting. Like an entire on. yeah an entire episode to a, to a, to a one of our episodes to my, a single episode of rebels because my my first slide has so 10 well. images and then i went whoa <laughs> okay <laughs> slow down it is part seven uh but before we get going with that as always we better open up the vault and uh get us another one of those bad star wars jokes as I was pulling this one together, I actually stopped and asked myself, have we used this one yet? <laughs> what does it know. mean when you're starting to question the jokes that you're using? 
been doing it for a while, I guess. It means watching the first five minutes of every episode we've done last year. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like I have a master list that I'm checking them oh, off, as I don't. That I'm would just have been like, an idea. This one is fun, and this one is good. And oh, some of them, I check I, notes. You could that, check the notes. I could do that. Yeah, I could do that by heading over to our Patreon, which you can do. Sign up for our uh, our Patreon at any level, and you will have access to all of our uh, show notes for all of our review series as we post them there uh, weekly. Try to get them out before we go live. Come Did see they... my inability to spell it at a rapid pace. <laughs> or you can read all of my spelling mistakes and my grammatical errors when I mm. make up and invent words on the fly. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. That's how we get more t-shirts. That's right. <laughs> That's my that's my finger magic we're talking, <laughs> which is available on the fandom merch shop right now. That's right, wicked. Well, listen, um, let's get to the joke, guys. I want to ask you, what is a stormtrooper's favorite store? It's not Target. <laughs> no, they can't get there. <laughs> you are so close, and the punchline is, whatever's beside the Target. <laughs> nice, nice. Nice. That feels familiar to me. <laughs> I'm like, did we use this one already? I, I couldn't remember, but it made me laugh. It genuinely made me laugh. So I'm like, yeah. okay, if I'm and finding it funny, I'm using it. Even if we did use target, it, that's ancient though. He still yeah. hasn't hit the target. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah. I have clone uh, trippers for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <clears throat> I'm gonna take the lead tonight as we uh, launch into this. We are gonna start with uh star wars rebels it's uh season one episode 15 it is the uh season finale let me just uh change things up here i had a thought too yeah um not to uh lengthen anything it would be tough to do on the fly but sure i I forgot to mention in the chat was there any consideration to like there may be people who are are watching this show that have never seen Rebels. so are like I approached my notes like everybody knew everybody like it was Luke Skywalker. I did as well. Yeah, there's right? a so, there's a bit of presumptive writing in this. So one I think we me. should maybe stick to that. But if anybody in the chat needs clarification, absolutely ask questions. Yes, because I know too much yes. about rebels. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still learning, so and I'm refreshing right. on stuff. By the way, I'm late to the to the game here, but I picked up. Uh, the new xbox series x and i have been grinding my way through jedi survivor that's the word (laughs) holy cow the number of uh familiar phrases and terms that have popped up in that game that we've seen in other recent star wars media Hmm. yeah super excited about that anyway that was my little aside sorry uh evening tjc's in the house welcome uh tonight sir thank you for hanging out with us (laughs) <laughs> the trooper adam says the trooper who actually finally hits leia in jedi gets no credit <laughs> is that a biker scout though he might have been highly trained that was guy. it a biker scout i don't know that was, was at a, the that was at the bunker right at the shield generator yeah, yeah. it's off the wall though yeah <laughs> it might, it might Ricochet. <laughs> they got r2 in that one as well yeah because he was trying to unlock the door he must be uh, from the school of reva because he he's been uh, blasted twice blasted by a starship scale cannon and survive that one so hand blasters nothing for that guy nothing <laughs> all right we are talking tonight we're going to get started here it's uh, as i said before it's a star wars rebels season one episode 15 this one is called fire across the galaxy um this one is actually uh, uh written by simon kinberg 
who is also a uh, co-creator and executive producer on the show. He wrote 74 of the 75 episodes for the entire series. So consistency. Um, yeah, absolutely. I want to say, did I get the director on this one? <gasps> oh, no, I did not. It's my bad. I'll have to look that one up for you. Um, and if you think, sorry, what's that, Hank? It's a good chance it was Dave, but. You know, surprisingly, he's the supervising director on the show. And there's a lot of stuff that he didn't uh, direct in Rebels, mm-hmm. especially after season one, when he moved into a more uh, um, a production. Executive, yeah, executive yeah, producer. yeah, 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 absolutely. When I say the name Simon Kinberg, you may, uh, that may jog a memory or two. Uh, and it should, because you've probably seen uh at least one if not seven or eight of the movies that he's been involved with over the years um he's either written or produced a bunch of things including mr and mrs smith uh five five one two three four five of the x-men oh uh, really movies yeah five oh tonight's uh yeah so dave filoni is the director of this episode thanks andy for letting me know that one um, yeah, so five of the X-Men movies, including First Class, The Last Stand, Days of Future Past, Apocalypse, and Dark Phoenix, which he also directed. He's also the producer uh, on uh, Deadpool 1 and 2, as well as 3, which is not out. Logan, The New Mutants, The Martian, Elysium, Chappie, and the 2009 Sherlock Holmes, to name a few. Hmm. Wow. Oh, I did get it. It was Sorry, I did have it here later yeah, on in my notes. Directed by Dave Filoni. It originally aired March 2nd. 2015 march 2nd 2015 uh the official description reads the ghost crew makes a final desperate attempt to rescue canaan from the empire who will fall foreshadowing uh this really doesn't have any bearing on the episode tonight but i found this kind of interesting (laughs) that it's it is two years almost to the day two years and one day to the day that this episode aired uh, after Clone Wars season five, the cancel, the first cancellation happened mm. at the end of season five, which is interesting because you think about that, the, that final arc in season five, that's the end of Ahsoka's trial. She's left. Not only has she left the Jedi order, she's left the show. The show is over. Here we are now two years later. And she's now made her at least at the time she's made her triumphant return to the galaxy. Mm hmm. I think I love the metaphor in that. So I thought that was much wiser, very much so. And completely new animation model as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Not bad. uh, Considering how much time has passed. I actually quite like, this is my favorite animation model for the character, by the way. It's my favorite. Like I, I know it's probably controversial amongst fans even, but I love this more than the clone war stuff. And the clone war stuff is beautiful. It is. It's amazing. I just love how uh, Ralph McQuarrie, this leans yeah thing about it yeah there was a lot of and that's that's part of why i'm a little bit sad that we're not doing the the deep deep deep, (laughs) right deep dive because there's so much like oh you need to know that this is the this is the proto c3po we already know that chopper is the proto rtd2 but yeah there's that that kind of stuff is peppered throughout the oh yeah series and it's just so mm, juicy good you could you could not walk without stepping on easter eggs yeah absolutely (laughs) Uh, TJC says, I hope uh, all you gentlemen have had a great weekend. Um, we finally had a break in the heat here uh, in Ontario over the weekend. It was kind of nice to uh, to be able to breathe again without having to. Uh... Here, I think. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is it warm on the coast? Oh, buddy. Yes, sir. You'll get it in a couple right, days. Fair enough. Fair We're enough. getting an African sandstorm, too. It's 
coming this way. I oh, I had mentioned earlier about uh, in one of our little primers about Ahsoka adopting the uh, title of Fulcrum, mm-hmm. and um, again that I mean just presuming that everybody knows what that means when I say that, and then as you say. Well, maybe that's yeah. one area where people don't exactly know. I actually wanted to take some time because she does come back as Fulcrum in the episode that we're going to talk about here. I thought we'd take some time and just kind of walk through sort of the the Cole's Notes historical version of what Fulcrum is, was, will be, might be, could mm. be. And it kind of starts back in uh, the Clone Wars. And uh, back in the Clone Wars, Fulcrum was actually... Uh, a subspace communications frequency used by uh, General uh, Jedi Knight Anakin Skywalker during the Clone Wars as a means of covert communications. And at that time, the only people who were privy uh, to that frequency uh, included uh, people like Obi-Wan Kenobi, Admiral uh, Yularen, um, Ahsoka Tano, and the freedom fighter uh, from Onderon, Saw Gerrera. Well, um, as we had a little little conversation, a little side chat earlier this week, talking about sort of who knew what when, um, there's a huge and important detail here that at the end of the Clone Wars, we have to remember that Anakin Skywalker, Darth Vader, believes that Ahsoka Tano is dead, mm-hmm. and Ahsoka believes that Anakin is dead. Yeah. Because... Lo and behold, uh, a few years later, now this is a 22 to 19 BBY that we're talking about with Anakin using this as a frequency. But then fast forward uh, just a year later, (laughs) just a year later in 18 BBY, um, we've got Ahsoka Tano out there doing her thing in the galaxy. She runs into Bail Organa, who catches wind of what she's been doing on her own and recruits her, and she ends up taking over Bail's intelligence network she adopts the name fulcrum as a uh, as a code name well she used it prior to this though she did in our last so, arc no there, you're absolutely right she so used it to contact anakin and obi-wan in order right. to get the reinforcements to go after them all that's right and but so it wasn't like a full-on adoption of it she was just using that frequency that's right she yeah. knew it as a as a subspace frequency right. and she knew that if she used it that would get his attention. And Anakin even says, Oh, Saw Gerrera. Yeah. Right. They go in and right. find out, no, no, it's not Saw Gerrera. It's, it's Ahsoka. Oh, and, it also uh, tells me she didn't know you learn, you learn sort of jump ship. Right. Cause he's the, you know, or she might not have ever used it after you would think. And that's what I said. Like, he, he wasn't involved in knowing it was her anyway, but that would have been a crafty little, right. If the, if the two of them, when I say two of them, if Anakin and or Ahsoka had believed that the other was alive, do you think she would have ever used that name? No, no. <laughs> That's like asking to be found. <laughs> no, I was definitely like, I'm honoring him. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, Adam says, wasn't Fulcrum also the evil organization in Chuck? It was. <laughs> love that Chuck. I love Chuck. I want the Chuck revival. Zach Levi wants the Chuck revival. Fingers crossed. Maybe one day. Sign that petition. No, but Andy, you're absolutely right. Um, she used the the uh, the frequency to get his attention. A year later, now the show is over. Season yeah. five has the show's been canceled, but everybody uh, believes everybody's dead. Yeah, so. canonically speaking, she goes through the the sequence of events that I outlined previously. Yep. Meets up with Bail Organa, starts using the name Fulcrum as a code name um, to maintain secrecy within that intelligence organization. 
that intelligence organization goes on to become part of the larger rebellion but um spoiler alert ahsoka is <laughs> presumed dead uh in the year 5 bby so after her death we have a couple of other instances uh other characters other major star wars characters that have actually used the name fulcrum including uh, let me just put this up here uh alexander callus Alexander Callus, Agent Callus, who's been a major antagonist for the Rebels crew uh, in the first couple of seasons. He's an Imperial ISB agent. We've talked about him before in our uh, Imperial Ranks video. In my episode, he's a bit of a dink. But he actually, oh yeah, he, he totally <laughs> is. But that, you know, you have to wonder how far in advance did he make the flip and how long was that a front and he was funneling information to uh, the nascent uh, rebels. Hmm. So we have Callus, who actually says he's Fulcrum. He admits it to Kanan and uh, Ezra in an elevator, and they're like, "What? What? No, you're not." You got to wonder how he got that information. Like, yeah, you know, like he he would have had know, to have like, gotten it from uh, from Arana deep track. inside. Yeah, yeah <laughs> deep, way deep inside. way far inside. I mean, if he's a Fulcrum agent in the. Well, in, here's, uh, Based on what we discussed yesterday yeah. and what you're about to talk about, if he's a fulcrum agent, then he may have been an agent the entire time. I kind of wonder that as well. Um, it lends credence to some of the ideas that we had that there could be multiple fulcrums at the same time. In fact, that it, that's in fact true. Um, mm. and, I'll, and I'll get to it. There's a line actually that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull here. Talking about other people who have gone by fulcrum, we have uh, in the uh, canon, uh, I guess it's a coffee table book, the Rogue mm -hmm. One visual guide actually lists Cassian Andor, uh, one of his aliases, as Fulcrum. Mm -hmm. It also says that at that time he was a recruiter. He was an intelligence recruiter. Mm -hmm. Spoiler for so, yeah. <laughs> I said uh, privately in our private chat, do you foresee uh, a season two of Andor at a passage of the torch? I can't say there will or there won't be, but don't you want all of your favorite Star Wars characters to meet? <laughs> Yeah, well, they kind of meet at some point, right? Yeah, that's right. It's a, yeah. It would be enough for me to just use the handle once. Yeah. Well, let's see if the uh, striking writers have worked that in before. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, really. Because you can't have any rewrites. You can't have any uh, want, like robot dialogue. You, you know? can't have Suddenly. any pages handed to you on set uh, with the strike on. They can't do any of that. Nothing. Yeah. And or season two is going to be like Sesame Street. Yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> With a couple swear words. There you go. Well, well, in, uh, we're, we're not there, and, and we may or may not get to this at some point in a future episode, but in the season three episode of Rebels called The Antilles Extraction, Hera tells Ezra that Fulcrum is the code name given to secret informants. They're having a, a meeting with uh, Commander uh, Sato at the time. <laughs> and she tells Ezra that it was because Ezra is like, they get, they get a call and uh, they, they think it's, you know, Sato actually uh, name drops Fulcrum and, and Ezra's like, what Ahsoka and Hera corrects him. And she says, no, there are multiple Fulcrums. And she says that it was Ahsoka's idea to have multiple Fulcrum agents and that Ahsoka was just one of them. Mm -hmm. That was mm -hmm. Ahsoka's idea. Cool. That's an interesting thought. Yeah, man, that's real cool. Well, that's our Cole's notes, uh, uh, sort of version of uh, fulcrum. What it what it could mean, might mean, may mean. Remember, 
no cannon is more important than your own head cannon. It's true. <laughs> All right, let's get to the episode. This one, it's Fire Across the Galaxy. And in Fire Across the Galaxy, uh, Kanan has been captured by dun, 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 the Grand Inquisitor, who is uh, torturing him uh, to try and ascertain uh, information about other rebels, namely Fulcrum. He also name drops Fulcrum. Of course, Kanan can't tell him anything because uh, up to this point in galactic history, uh, the leaders of the nascent rebellion have kept the knowledge of other rebel cells a secret, and he just genuinely does not know who Fulcrum is. To make matters worse, Kanan is being held on Grand Moff Tarkin's Star Destroyer, the Sovereign, uh, which is at the center of a fleet of Star Destroyers that just happen to be orbiting Mustafar. That's a bad spot to be in. Isn't it? Awesome visual, though. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm looking at the, the, the four ships. I'm like, uh, frying pan, and then I look at the planet. Uh, fire. Yeah, fire. Fire. <laughs> <laughs> However, the rebels, not without a plan, actually steal a Gozanti-class uh, cruiser, uh, which should allow them to fly close enough to the fleet so that they can board the Sovereign uh, and rescue Kanan. However... The Gozanti, it's uh, too large for a Star Destroyer hangar. Fortunately for uh, uh, the the, uh, the Ghost crew, Ezra and Zeb have kept the TIE fighter that they stole previously in the season, um, which is small enough to land in the hangar. But there is the slight issue that Sabine has used the ship as a canvas, and it now sports a bright yellow paint scheme. <laughs> Harris says that won't matter, though, because the Imperials will just scan the ship long before they can see it. And by the time they do see it, it will be too late. Um, I just love I, I don't want to get into the, the, the weeds too much, but like when they stole the Gozanti and they the, the base, the airfield blew up the plume of smoke kind of like coiled that. around like the Phoenix cell emblem. Mm hmm. Can't tell me that wasn't intentional. Oh, this, yeah. It just looks so good. I had to, I had to throw it's that beyond in beyond good. Yeah. Had to throw that in there. So, uh, flying to Mustafar chopper, uh, our, our uh, murder droid chopper, chop, chop, uh, remotely pilots the tie into the star destroyers hangar, but the cockpit of the tie is laden with what appear to be several grenade like weapons. When the ship lands, uh, Sabine triggers a switch on her gauntlet, which detonates the devices, causing a cascade of energy, not unlike an ion blast, that pulses outward from the tie. A gigantic EMP. It's huge. Um, but the wave of energy not only knocks out power to the Star Destroyer, but it also knocks out most of the ship's crew. Certainly those two stormtroopers, uh, <laughs> they got it. Then Chopper maneuvers the Gozanti in, and using a docking clamp, he lands the ship on the hull of the Sovereign. Using his lightsaber, Ezra then cuts his way into the Star Destroyer. Then he and the rest of the Rebels go off in search of Kanan, using the Force as a sort of GPS to locate the Elder Jedi Knight. I had to laugh at this scene, though, because when he pushes the metal through... Oh, it's and it's like red hot, and, and he just like, climbs he's, through. He just touches his finger to it like, oh, is it hot enough yet? It's glowing mm -hmm. hot metal, like, and I'm like, you just cut it open. Your boots are melting as you walked over that. But. Yeah, <laughs> okay, it's okay. I can get cartoon logic. I can get I'll past it. it. Absolutely, it's fine. Space wizards <laughs> and laser swords. It's in space. It'll cool quick. <laughs> That's right. 
All right, back on the stolen cruiser, Chopper watches as another Gozanti. Uh, did I just skip a thing? Oh my God, I totally did. Let me go back here. Okay, and they go off using the force as a GPS to locate Kane and Jarrus. Now, with the Sovereign running on emergency power, Tarkin uh, has failed to check in with the rest of the fleet, which triggers a response from one of the other Star Destroyers in the form of two Sentinel-class landing craft that are loaded with a quick reaction force of stormtroopers. Now, with the troopers hot on their heels, Ezra uses his lightsaber to weld a blast door shut. It's a complete inverse of anything we've ever seen. We cut doors open. We've never seen using a lightsaber to fuse them together, which cool moment. Awesome. Effectively uh, cutting them off. Um, but Hera, oh, sorry, effectively cutting them off from finding Kanan. But Hera reminds Ezra that he's small enough to fit in the ventilation shaft. Climbing into the ductwork, Ezra closes the hatch behind him and he sets off to find Kanan while the rest of the rebels continue moving through the hallways. Back on the stolen cruiser, Chopper watches as another Gozanti flies past en route to the Sovereign. Activating his comm, he calls the mysterious Fulcrum, who is surprised to see the droid. Using uh, his Force GPS, Ezra finds and frees Kanan, and together the two of them start making their way back towards the Gozanti. But they are cut off by the Grand Inquisitor. Now, Kanan takes Ezra's lightsaber and runs in and charges at the, the Grand Inquisitor. Then, seeing Kanan's lightsaber hanging from the Grand Inquisitor's belt, Ezra Force pulls it to his hand, and together, Master and Apprentice take on the former Jedi Temple Guardian. The fight goes back and forth until the Grand Inquisitor knocks Ezra from the platform and he falls seemingly to his death. Thinking his apprentice dead, Kanan is able to let go of his fear and using both his and Ezra's lightsaber battles the Grand Inquisitor to essentially what amounts to a standstill. One thing, I mean, not Ahsoka related at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But as uh, Ezra is watching Kanan use his lightsaber, yep. switching between blaster and blaster saber. and saber, he's like, "Why didn't I ever think? Of that? I never thought of that." It's like, really, you have this tool and you never thought to use the it. The funny like thing that? is, though, that Kanan Seriously. actually carries he carries a blaster. Yeah, and yeah. rarely uses it. Yeah, yeah but if it's, it's already serious in his dialogue hand, uh, between him and the uh, like the rebels gives us such a wicked look at the force. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I honestly think that Kanan Jarrus is the most well-rounded Jedi of all uh, the Jedi I agree. experience. I agree. And like the dialogue when when he thinks Ezra's dead is just yeah. so good. I, I'd be paraphrasing. I don't have it memorized. Absolutely. But, you know, like uh, uh, now you have nothing to lose, and now I have nothing to fear. It's just yeah, so yeah. like it goes oh, back man. to the torture sequence when uh, the Grand Inquisitor basically uh, reminds him, basically tells him that it's his fault that uh, Depa Bilaba was killed mm. uh, and then calls him a coward. Right. Um, and in this moment, he's like, you're right. I was a coward and I, I did run, but now I don't have to. Uh, and he's like, I'm, or I can't remember what he says, but he does say something to that effect. Yeah. 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 Because oh, now so I good. have nothing left to fear. Oh, Oof. And I mean, he's the first one of the first Jedi characters we meet. That right at the gate, as soon as we meet him, he's already in. Uh, he's already in a romantic relationship with somebody. Yeah. By the way, that that fear of loss, Kanan never falls to the dark side. No, never. You know? Like it, it's all the things that you wanted for Anakin uh, that he never got. All right. Well, <clears throat> and coming up, he restrains himself. 
Oh yeah, yeah, like yeah. He's got the Inquisitor dead to rights, Absolutely. and he could, and he's got the blades crossed. Yeah. He could yes, Anakin he him right there. He does, but he doesn't. Well, meanwhile, the other rebels make their way through the Sovereign, evading uh, the Stormtrooper quick reaction force as they work their way back towards the Gozanti. Hera calls Ezra, who it turns out isn't actually dead. He was just knocked out from the fall when he landed on a platform several feet down. When you watch it back and you realize you didn't see the platform, he's looking up at the how I mean, that's a lot. That's pretty close. I mean, did Kanan <laughs> really not see him the 20 feet below? But that's OK. Cartoon logic. Yeah. He's laser focused on his opponent. Absolutely is. Kanan forces the Grand Inquisitor to the edge of a platform where he cuts the Grand Inquisitor's spinning lightsaber in half, causing both blades to fall into the Sovereign's power core and explode. Hanging from the platform, the Grand Inquisitor tells Kanan that he has no idea what he's unleashed today. And there are things far more frightening than death before he falls into the burning power core. Or so we think. <laughs> and Ezra, I think. Ezra makes his way back up to Kanan, and after a short but heartfelt reunion, the two make a run for it back towards the Gozanti. God, I used the word Gozanti an awful lot, didn't I? <laughs> I just want to drive it home that that's that class of ship, by the way. I think I did that with Vader's tie. Vader's yeah. tie. Vader's tie. <laughs> Meanwhile, on the Sovereign's bridge, an officer tells Grand Moff Tarkin that the power core is overloading and there is damage to the hyperdrive. They have to evacuate. With the ship falling apart around them, Hera, Zeb, and Sabine make their way to the hangar where the bright yellow tie sits. Hera calls Ezra and says they're not leaving without them, but Kanan tells her, just listen to the kid. Fleeing the damaged ship, Hera and the rebels are pursued by a squad of ties. She calls Chopper to tell him that they'll need to go to light speed as soon as they link up, but the droid doesn't answer. Back on the Sovereign, Kanan and Ezra make it to the hangar where the only remaining ship is the Grand Inquisitor's TIE Advanced. It's similar to the one that Vader uses in A New Hope, but with smaller wings with a circular curve to them. Kanan and Ezra catch up with the other rebels, managing to take out a couple of TIEs along the way. But the remaining fleet have launched their complement of fighters, and the swarm presently closing in on them is more than the two ships can handle. Just then, Chopper and his Gozanti drop out of hyperspace, flanked by the Ghost and three Karelian CR-90 Corvettes. The small flotilla of ships joins the fight, and it's enough to allow the fleeing ties to dock with Chopper and make the jump to hyperspace. There's a great line coming out of the hangar, though, by Ezra, uh, where he's like, oh, it's the Grand Inquisitor ship, and he's like, well, he's not going to need it. Oh, yeah, and then Kanan's mm -hmm. like, I worry about you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> On board the Gozanti, everyone is reunited. As they recount the events of the battle, there is a question of who exactly was piloting the ghost. Which is funny because when they leave Mustafar, all the ships are, besides the two ties that are docked mm -hmm. to the cruiser uh, are all, they all go off on their own. Mm -hmm. But then we cut back to a second shot in hyperspace and the ghost and that cruiser are now docked. So did they do that in hyperspace or did they drop out, connect and go again? It's weird because the, the sequence from inside the hallway kind of treats it like they never stopped. Mm -hmm. They never dropped out of hyperspace. Well, maybe once you're in there, physics work different. They absolutely do. Um, but I, this is the only instance I can think of in star Wars where two ships have docked 
in hyperspace. There's a don't they uncouple the phantom at one point from in in mid hyper later on in like season three? I'm sure they drop right at, but it would have dropped out of hyperspace, wouldn't it? I, I I'm gonna have to I rewatch it to find out. Well, I, I don't recall, but the Martez sisters dropped cargo out of hyperspace. They did, and then it just yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Conceivably, anyway. this is the this is the the way the whole uh, High Republic begins is that the uh, the Nihil destroy a, a basically a Titanic, a pleasure cruiser with like you know half a million yeah. sentient beings on it in hyperspace, and when it rips itself out of hyperspace, it's shrapnel. <laughs> oh yeah, it's moving through a star system at light speed, destroying right. worlds. Yeah. So yeah, like if you <laughs> if you dropped it, I so I don't know. Yeah, it it, it it's, it's weird. Very interesting. Can you could you spacewalk in hyperspace? <laughs> I don't know. Be cool. Well, cutting back to another shot uh, of hyperspace, we now see that the ghost is docked with that cruiser. Inside, the specters uh, leave the cruiser to board their ship. In the airlock, they're met by four uniformed guards that stand at attention. On board the ghost, Chopper projects a hollow image of Imperial Senator Bail Organa. And Kanan is confused. He says that he's only met him once and he doesn't even know his name. Well, Hera moves to stand beside the hologram as she tells him who exactly he is. And Kanan asks about the crews of the blockade runners. And Bale tells him that they are from other rebel cells. And it's a, rele- a revelation to all of them all but Hera, who explains that the protocol was for none of them to ever meet, because if any of them were to be captured, they couldn't reveal the other cells to the Empire. But then, a familiar voice says, that protocol has changed, as a woman climbs down the ladder behind them. Hera turns, and he calls her Fulcrum, but she corrects her as she introduces herself as Ahsoka Tano. Kanan asks why she's come here, and Ahsoka tells him it's because of Kanan and his apprentice. Many people in the Lothal system and beyond heard Ezra's message, and she says it's given them hope in their darkest time, a hope that Ahsoka says they don't want to die. Ezra asks Ahsoka, so what happens now? And Ahsoka says she doesn't know that a chapter has closed for him, but this is a new beginning. Well, back on Lothal, uh, Tarkin lands at the Imperial military headquarters where he's met by uh, ISB agent Callus. He says that uh, they're getting reports of unrest from all over the planet, adding that there are whispers from Mustafar. Some people see the Empire as weak and vulnerable. Grand Moff Tarkin tells the agent not to worry, because the Emperor has sent an alternative solution. We hear the crack and hiss of a respirator as the terrifying visage of Darth Vader lumbers down the boarding ramp. Then both he and Tarkin walk away, leaving Callus standing there in bewilderment. And we cut to the title card, which normally comes at the beginning of the episode, but this time comes at the end, and then immediately cut to black. <laughs> oh. Have you never seen an episode of Rebels? Wouldn't that just give you everything? You like like fleets of star destroyers yeah. over Mustafar. We got a crazy lightsaber battle. We didn't really go into it in, in any great detail, but I mean the, the dog fight uh, in this episode, they, they threw a swarm of ties at them that rivals the scene from return of the Jedi. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Sheer amount of ships on screen, which was great. 
with a graffiti laden, um, like escaping yeah, a graffiti laden yeah, yeah. tie, like all these, like, yeah, so good. Uh, I tip my hat to the descriptive audio guys, by the way, because uh, let me just back up here for a second. I want to go back to that tie for a second because it's kind of cool. Uh, tie fighter, tie fighter. It's at the oh, that's Makes my want to paint mine. There yeah. we go. Um, looking at that tie, um. I'm a big fan of the Star Wars uh, X-Wing miniatures game. And in the game, they, they call that Sabine's tie. Mm-hmm. It's labeled Sabine's tie. The descriptive audio guy actually uh, says, like, see the checkerboard on it? It actually, descriptive audio guy refers to it as a Dejarc board. So my hat, it literally t- like tipped to them for staying so in-universe with that. Nice. I thought nice. that was very cool. Yeah. I mean, Rebels just gives you... Again, I, I don't think you could say it any other way, Hank. You said it. Peak Star Peak Wars. Peak Star Wars. It's so, so good. So good. It goes places with the force you would never, ever expect. And they, yeah, it feels so incredibly comfortable and right. Yeah. And we're going to go off even further on that uh, in, in the episodes that are coming up here. Um, I don't know if we're getting it to it today. I think it's going to be next week's episode when we go back to the, the Jedi Temple. Mm. yeah it's pretty cool um but like having first first watch for me yeah yeah like yeah. you know the double-edged lightsaber having only seen like darth maul wield it oh right and then watching the grand inquisitor do crazy stuff with it like we had talked like about this element right so right out of visions which is interesting because uh we talked about this when we were doing uh when we were covering uh, kenobi and so like yeah. the inquisitors had that yeah uh reva had that as well as the other by the way the uh fifth brother mm. other fifth brother goes from being a spanish guy in rebels to being an asian guy in kenobi but they are the same character turns into han <laughs> uh cool though because we'd seen we'd seen them do all these crazy lightsaber things in rebels and i think that was a complaint that i had had that we didn't really get to see them we didn't get to see them fly we didn't get to see them like do Fine. I mean, he does start activating the helicopter effect. Oh, he does. Wings yeah. it right at him. Yeah, and it just, yeah, yeah. We didn't similar see to throwing Vader that. throwing it around, but yeah, 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 more lethal. So we talked earlier. We had a conversation before. I should have talked about this at the beginning of the show, maybe, but this seems like an appropriate time for it. We talked uh, about how little Ahsoka appears in these episodes, <laughs> and it's like, are these really? I mean, they are on the essential playlist, but do they really need to be there? I don't know that they're essential to her character development, but they're essential to her timeline placement within the galaxy. I would say that this episode is essential because not only does it mark the return of Ahsoka for, since the cancellation of, of rebels, but also to the galaxy to, to star Wars within yeah. the universe. It also reestablishes Darth Vader. And that sets us up for something that's going to happen in a future episode that is important to mm-hmm. her development and to her to her world as it yeah. were yeah this is so like I, a preamble to the preamble to the preamble feel, of yeah the it, kind of is. <laughs> it really is yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 but um now that we've gotten through it uh I, i'm glad that we did cover it so uh i'm happy now to turn the uh the reins over to andy who's going to take us through our our uh next one we're going into season two yep Ooh, season two season two one. So, uh, yeah, season two of Rebels, episode one. 
uh, Siege of Lothal Part 1, originally aired June 20th, 2015. Uh, synopsis goes, the crew returns to Lothal to rescue a defecting Imperial officer, but they must face Darth Vader. According to your slide, it's Darth Raider. Is it Darth Raider? <laughs> I love oh, it. No. I love it. Oh, Imperial. They're going to recuse him. <laughs> They're gonna <laughs> oh, they're gonna recuse, recuse. I put the spelling mistakes on the wrong one. This is awesome. See, That's this is beautiful. the kind of thing that That's I gonna be a t-shirt. I, I want to read this exactly as it's written because it says That's the fantastic. crew returns to Lothal to rescue a defecting Imperial Inficer. Oh wow, but they must face Darth Raider. <laughs> recuse <laughs> them. I swear to god, did you write it? This is like written for an episode of the Muppets. <laughs> Maybe. I'm sorry. The only other thing I can think of is the font because I know it It absolutely is certain characters. It it, uh, when you capitalize, uh, I know when you're using the the Star Jedi font, if you if you use the capitals on some of them, it it changes them. Which I so I just I don't write in capitals when I'm using that font. (laughs) Oh, production! Interesting slide. Production woes, but man, thank you because that laugh was so good. (laughs) I didn't even know it was there. We open this episode mid-battle as uh, the Ghost has partnered up with the Phoenix Squadron, and they're looking to liberate some cargo from an Imperial transport, and Sabine is successful in detaching it. But before the Ghost can claim it, uh, more Imperial reinforcements reinforcements arrive out of hyperspace, and we cut to the title card, and then we're right back in it, and uh, more ties have just joined the fight, and quickly, the command ship is under fire and in danger of losing its deflector shields. But Commander Sato, he tells them, you know, we've got to leave. But Hera insists they're not leaving without what they came for. And Zeb lines up the tractor beam, target locks, and snatches the floating cargo out of uh, mid-space. This is a recurring thing throughout the series. When they do these little uh, snatch and grabs, that they use this magnetic feature of the the hull. Yeah, because it's like a miniaturized tractor beam, right? It's or it's kind of into it. Yeah, or they'll they'll land on top of like a shipping container and like magnetically seal it to the hull and then just fly away. It's, it's pretty cool. And they do it a lot. Hmm. It's pretty slick, but with it secure, Sabine docks with the ghost finally, and uh, the fleet makes their escape into hyperspace. Meanwhile, over on Lethal, Minister Tua asks agent Callus what more governor Tarkin expects her to do. And she lists off all like the checkpoints and curfews and blockades and everything that she's put in place and she doesn't know what else to do. But just then, Lord Vader arrives and tells her, maybe that's the problem. She lacks imagination. And he suggests that if the rebels had left, they must be drawn back. And if they're still here, they must be drawn out. But Minister Two says she has no experience with such brutal tactics. And Vader tells her she can explain that to the Governor Tarkin the following day when she visits him to account for her failure. And then Vader and Callus leave the room telling her, don't worry, we'll manage without you. And they leave her in tears. For those who, uh, who have uh, watched the series before, I remember season one, how despicable she was. She was this awful character. And now you're like, I'm supposed to feel sorry for you. Having skipped a couple episodes, I can, I can see why. Another thing to point out, and this, of course, you can't hear it because, I mean, as much as we like to do voices and sound effects and stuff, mm. nobody... No. And I mean, nobody, except you, Reese Beecher, can do James Earl Jones, like James Earl Jones, who comes back for Vader in this. 
And this is not, this is pre-AI voice enhancement. Yeah. This is yeah, pure, yeah. this is 100% James Earl Jones. You can hear his age, but can. it's still the real deal. It's very yeah. powerful. And it's, it's so really cool. part of what makes, like, with, with the uh, the soundtrack being so close to the original. and So and, Williams-esque. Yeah, and like uh, such, there's like so many elements, like when he enters the room you get that little imperial beat they give you just a, just a, enough a touch of their theme to let you you know how it just reminds us of how uh, uh intrinsically linked these characters are with their piece of theme music that's and that's just it some something that i mean i'm sure it'll become endearing to us in year and i don't dislike it at all but i've i've seen several edits that have, have, have swapped out like uh you know uh Gorenson's music with with John Williams. Oh, and really? Like, holy cow! Changes the <laughs> feel of it, wouldn't it? Everything like listening yeah. to Yoda's theme over Grogu is just wow. Anyway, back to your regular schedule program. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you're right. Like to like to hear the impending threat coming through. Oh like, yeah. There's a reason she's in tears. There. She. Knows oh yeah. She's in. Oh yeah. yeah. Possibly more afraid, more yeah. afraid of Tarkin than Vader. If that's possible, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, this is something we would cover if we were doing a full deep dive. But I think it's important just to point out that we are we are at uh, roughly five BBY. We're five years before the events of the original Star Wars, so like height of their power. Yeah, stuff has gotten really real for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. But elsewhere, Commander Sato thanks Captain Hera for her efforts in allowing the Phoenix Squad to stay one step ahead of the Imperials. And Hera, she regrets that the intel was wrong about shield generators being there. Right. But Ahsoka suggests maybe in the next attack. And just then, Chopper busts in the room and Kanan tells him, you know, go ahead, play the incoming transmission. And this upsets Hera to no end because they're in the middle of a secret rebel debriefing and she is still captain. Hera tells Chopper to cloak this transmission and uh, do it with a one-way signal. And it's their contact, Old Joe. And he tells them, Old Joe time is short and he has someone that needs to speak with them and just pointing out uh like you would uh thought about callus getting in contact with them oh yeah she does mention here that she's got a list of sympathizers yeah yeah and yeah. i would assume after what happens here that information might pass to him which opens well, up a channel with old Joe, right? Given how close that uh, Callus is in this episode, both to the to the governor and to Vader, it's like he is walking. If he is acting as a fulcrum agent right now, he is so like that guy doesn't realize how close to death he is. He's literally inches from death, like at any moment. That's what I mean. Like, ha. Huh. But it turns out it's Minister Tua that needs a safe passage off Lothal, and she's willing to trade Imperial secrets to make it happen. Ezra senses that she's telling the truth, and but she's afraid of something. Yeah. Kanan agrees, and Tua also tells them that she'll reveal the real reason the Empire is on Lothal, a reason only known to a few, and it's at the request of the Emperor himself. Yeah. Ezra steps forward and says that they have to help her, and... Ahsoka gives a smile here that the young Jedi has made the choice to help, and she agrees, as does Kanan. Hera concedes, but only if Commander Sato approves the mission, and he agrees that it's worth the risk, and they all agree that they're returning to Lothal. And unfortunately, this is the last we see of Ahsoka in this episode. Yeah. But I do think it's important, like, her watching Ezra 
make that choice gives her that bit of hope. Like, you know, back when she was young and hopeful and ready to jump in and do the right thing, no matter what, there's somewhat of a looking in the mirror moment for her. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, quick note about, uh, uh, commander Sato. I don't know if, I don't think I picked this up the first time around. Uh, he's voiced by a veteran voice actor, uh, Keon Young. Um, if you think, you know, that voice or that name, um, you may recognize his voice as the original storm shadow on uh, a real American hero. Yeah. Nice. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't pick that up the first time around, but, uh, got it this time. Canaan, he marches out with Hera in pursuit and she asks him if he knows what he did back there was wrong to which he replies no he's not happy with all the procedures and regulations and after this mission he wants them to go back on their own having been through one war Canaan isn't keen on getting involved in another and by chance Ezra hears part of this as he passes by oh yeah back on Lothal uh, is that sorry? I don't mean to. Is that the moment where is it this episode where he says when this is over that he wants to go back to? I wanted to go back to it just being us. Yeah, it's this moment here. It's in this like, moment. So there's there's a huge dialogue piece here. Um, it, it's not even the dialogue; it's the the metaphor here. This is exactly uh, what happened to Ahsoka. You know, he was a kid sent off to war. He survived one war. Doesn't want to get pulled into another one. And he doesn't want to do it because he's seen what it does to everybody. Well, right. Like he's like in the beginning, when we started this, we were robbed from the empire and give to the needy. He's literally the Robin hood yeah. mm-hmm. syndrome, a noble cause. As he Absolutely. Says. And now he's like, I didn't sign up. This is like getting way too close to being a soldier. Yeah. Something that he doesn't want to get into again. I'm like, Oh my God. It's so on point for this character. Yeah. But over on Lethal. Uh, Agent Callus, he's keeping tabs on Minister Tua, and he's got a probe droid, like literally following around to make yeah. sure she's doing nothing shady. But we catch up again with the ghost crew in a uh, nondescript shuttle and uh, the Star Tour shuttle. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they're discussing why they're doing this, and Ezra tells them because it's the right thing to do. Plus, that list will probably help them out. And. Uh, as they get there, their shuttle is cleared for landing. And just as Ezra is about to mention how he'd missed Lethal, he's overcome with a sense of cold. And as they land and depart the shuttle, he looks up and remarks how many more star destroyers there are now and how it's gotten so much worse. I think it's interesting that it's Ezra that senses it and not Kanan. Yeah. Yeah. Several times in my episode too. Yeah. So they come up with a plan to uh, hijack the ship that Minister Tua is supposed to depart on and get her to safety. So upon arrival at the hangar, Kanan decides he's going to go cause distraction by making some friends. And uh, he ends up knocking out a stormtrooper and stealing his armor so the rest can drop in from the hangar above as he approaches unknown to them. But as Minister Tua arrives, they find that she's not alone. She's being escorted by Agent Callus. And as she approaches the shuttle, Sabine drops in from behind to distract some of the stormtroopers, giving Kanan a chance to lock the bay with Tua himself and Callus inside. Ezra tells uh, Minister Tua as they drop in to get to the ship and they'll be right behind her. But before they can board the ship, an explosion erupts and kills the minister. And the rebels are left pinned down awaiting extraction. And unbeknownst to them, Darth Vader is watching from above. Very quickly, Zeb and Chopper arrive in the shuttle and the rebels make their escape. As I was re-watching this, I actually 
when that happened, I actually spoke out loud. Did they just sacrifice her? The Imperials did. That's yeah. what I mean. Yeah, I'm like, mm-hmm. I didn't, re- I didn't remember that moment. I'm like, wow. <laughs> yeah, and again, like for Callus, like if he's this far back, knowing that they would, like, oh yeah, sorry, Minister, you're just a pawn in Vader's plan here. I, again, I see this, and that's where I question. And and you guys know how much I loved Andor. We saw mm-hmm. what Cassian did in the opening. Yeah, that's Rogue exactly. One. Yeah, that would be my it, point exactly. He was willing to like <laughs> shoot that guy. I'm Hell thinking, Callus yeah. could very well be doing the same thing. He's still funneling stuff to the rebellion, uh, or what will become the rebellion, while still acting in his role of as an ISB agent. Yeah, right. Like you know, Saw Gerrera. We talk about Saw Gerrera being this yeah, extremist, yeah. but yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, the clarity of vision and purpose the the bigger picture uh yeah makes men do horrible things in war it really does yeah extreme measures on both sides yeah yeah but our crew here they don't get very far before the shuttle is tagged by an imperial walker and they crash into the street and it's sabine that beckons them all to get up as they have to flee and they rush off into the streets but back in the palace agent Callis reports that everything went just as vader predicted it would and Vader then tells him to lock down the spaceport and announce that the rebel assassins are hiding in the city and any ship that attempts to leave will be destroyed. Yep. So inside their hideout, the message has gone out and uh, they receive it that the rebels are now being labeled assassins. And Hera arrives at the conclusion that they must leave Lothal for good. And Ezra, he protests that the people need to know. But... Uh, Sabine suggests, you know, the Empire isn't really giving them much choice. And uh, with the notice out, it's not long before the stormtroopers are knocking at the door, but Chopper buys them some time by shocking one trooper and then welding the door shut. Uh, murder bot. Yeah. <laughs> but the stormtroopers do get in pretty quick. And uh, the time he's bought them allows them to escape to the roof uh, just before they barge in and start shooting up the place. And then they drop a bomb in for good measure, but uh, they're safely out and they concede that they need a ship as all their hideouts are most likely compromised. I mean, that is one way to clear a building. You just like level it. True. <laughs> clear. It, it was almost like the predator scene, right? Like oh, yeah. just open fire and there's nobody there. I love that they do that. They just run in and, and like, we're just going to pepper the entire room. Yeah. Be damned if there's anybody in there. Yeah. And, you know, you know, uh, friendly or damned. Uh, yeah, friendly or otherwise. Yeah, <laughs> we know they're in there. Get in there, okay? Yeah, unlimited <laughs> ammo. <laughs> <laughs> they arrive at the conclusion that their safest option is the landing platforms near the factory, while most of the troopers will be out looking for them. And as they head out, Ezra looks down and remarks, "There is no going home." Still in his trooper armor, Kanan and then Ezra, now in a cadet disguise, push two large crates on a hovercart through a checkpoint. Uh, the guard stops them, and Ezra tries to use the Jedi mind trick, but he fails. Did you just give me an order? No, but Kanan <laughs> leans in, and he's much more successful, and they pass through no problem. No, but he did say, you don't need to look inside. <laughs> Once inside, though, Hera, Sabine, Zeb, and Chopper pop out of the crates, and they make for the way towards the landing pad. And after knocking out a couple more troopers, they arrive and there is a shuttle. But Sabine notices a supply of shield generators, military grade, and Hera makes the decision to take all they can carry. But as they make their way to the ship, 
Ezra stops suddenly and turns around and Kanan senses it this time as well. Yeah, this cold. time. And they turn and it's Vader. Yeah, it's pretty hard to, uh, what do you say about that? Yep, it's Vader. Yeah, it's Vader <laughs> plus the entourage it's of stormtroopers. So, you know, we're I, in trouble now. I, I know we're going to pick this up exactly where it, where it uh, left off, but I, mm. just, just keep this in mind. That scene in Kenobi. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> with the different, like, they don't even know what they're into. No. Even, we'll get into it in a second, but Ezra thinks this is just another Inquisitor. Uh, inquisitor is it yeah. another, it's another Inquisitor. Okay. We've dealt with them before. Yeah. And and weirdly, you know, like Ezra sensing first, but Kanan picking up this time. Vader doesn't, they're like flies to him, you know? Oh, yeah, they absolutely are. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. We will turn this over to Hank so uh, we can keep Ooh. it rolling. Finally, Rebels. <laughs> <laughs> oh, season two, episode two, Siege of Othal, part two. Part D. It's about two minutes or uh, two minutes long. Uh, that's about how much has Ahsoka in it. Uh, 21, <laughs> 21, 29 without credits. It's probably about 30 minutes with, uh, with credits. Yeah. 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 Written by Henry Gilroy, directed by Brad Rao. Um, both stalwarts throughout Rebels. I, I don't yep. know their other catalogs, but they wrote and directed a vast uh, majority in, in league with, with Dave and them. Uh, and I kind of, if I can read it, I wrote my own thing. As Vader follows the fleeing rebels back to their fleet, uh, Ahsoka touches a dark secret in the Force. Oh, yes. The slide thing over it. Oh. <laughs> I see what you mean about the density yeah, of slides. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I calm down. I calm down. For those of you who are uh, getting the audio version of this, um, we use uh, 16 by nine uh, uh, slides. And I think, Hank, you've got what? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. There's 11. Nine, 10, 12, 13, 15, 15, 15 photos <laughs> in, one, <laughs> in one slide. I do calm down. I do. No, sometimes it just demands that level. Of, it really that's is. the level it's, of it's detail like, how do you, that I want to do this in. Yeah. How do you break down uh, this scene? Like, um, literally this is their first encounter yeah yeah right? that that was me going like okay and then they swung to the left and then they yeah. kicked with the right boot to they had a fight <laughs> right right i do i do eventually get like you know i'm glad to know so it's not just describe. me no it's and rebels i mean i'm just I'm, I'm sitting here going as i'm screenshotting these i'm sorry guys i'm coming off the rails as i'm screenshotting these i want to make my own series of rebels trading cards oh yeah yeah, you know, yeah. You know, the scenes, I'm like, oh, I could, I could probably work that out. Uh, picking up where we left off in part one, Vader's breathing dominates the soundscape. Ezra and Kanan ignite their lightsabers as several stormtroopers approach with Vader, his crimson blade already ablaze. Kanan screams to Hera to get moving, that he and Ezra will cover them. Hera screams back for him to look out. Vader is already upon them, and Kanan blocks Vader's heavy single-handed attack. I love how big they make Vader. Oh, yeah. He's he towers above yeah by by feet <laughs> when yep. you see him right next to a character and they're both crouching and he's feet well I mean the, than, the perspective, the perspective on that on the one image like over the top of his helmet looking down at, at Kane and Ezra makes them look like they're action figures standing on the floor <laughs> and that's pretty much how he plays with them yeah <laughs> yeah. Uh, Hera and Chopper rush to load the cargo into the stolen shuttle as Vader uses the for force to toy with Kanan and Ezra, tossing them both around like Tuka, Tuka dolls. 
using it to uh, using the force to draw Ezra's own saber to the young Jedi's throat. Vader pontificates, "Your master has deceived you into thinking you could become a Jedi." But Kanan recovers in time to distract Vader with all he can muster. He lunges a mighty swing, attacks which are easily brushed aside by the Sith Lord. Hera instructs Chopper to get ready to fly them out as stormtroopers begin to open fire from covered positions. Sabine and Zeb hatch a plan to use explosive sticky chargers on the walkers. Vader lands a glancing blow off Kanan's shoulder pauldron from uh, staggering... <laughs> another, there's a typo for you. Uh, shoulder pauldron staggering him in a shower of sparks. A couple of keen tosses land detonators squarely on the leg joints of two ATSTs and the, send the walkers careening down. Kanan and Ezra use their combined ability to force push Vader back into the path of the toppling vehicles, burying him in the wreckage. Thinking it's over, Kanan and Ezra lower their guard, but a black glove hand emerges from the smoking hulk and Vader rises, the entire walker hoisted in the air above him with the force. Ezra remarks, remarks if that doesn't kill him, what will? Kanan replies glibly, not us. Not the us. Dark Lord, not us. <laughs> the Dark Lord of the Sith steps forward and lets, the, the, lets it just fall behind him. The two Jedi run for the catwalk of the shuttle. Sabine lays down cover fire, but Vader effortlessly deflects the bolts back at her, hitting her squarely in the chest and the helmet. Thank the force for Baskar. I guess, she's yeah. dead there. She's yeah, you know, sure like, dead. Uh, the ghost crew manages to take off, but Vader knows they will not flee the system. He's a shrewd guy, that Vader. He's seen it. I have foreseen. Oh, wait, it wouldn't be that. It would be, <laughs> I have foreseen it. <laughs> yeah. Also, my combat experience as a, <laughs> as a Jedi Knight, <laughs> I know they think. This is good, though. I mean, this is Vader like we wanted to see him. And yeah. We got to see some of that in, in Kenobi, but animation mm -hmm. just it just unhinges all of those restraints yeah. of what you can make a character do when you, can, you don't have to worry about things like physics. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and this close to, um, he's been Vader for 15 years now yeah, or something yeah. like that. He's let go of most. Yeah. Like, yep. I would say in, in a couple of arcs, we're going to touch on it. And I think that's when he really comes to terms with his past. But I, I don't think there's much of Anakin Skywalker invader right oh, now. Oh, no, I don't think so either. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like, yeah. Prime opportunity to basically steal Ezra and corrupt him. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, and, and we get that with, uh, with Luke, you know, join me and together yeah. will rule his father and son. He could have tried to take an, another apprentice. Yeah could have tried to corrupt uh ezra and and thing on ezra like how far between the end of season one and season two are we they say that the four seasons of rebels occur between five bby and one one bby yeah. basically they each cover a year okay more or less yeah, yeah. more or less other thing like the previous season right ezra yeah. noticing kanan using the blaster and oh yeah saber in yeah. in conjunction he hasn't picked any of that up he yet. still hasn't done it yeah yeah you, you really start to get into their formal training now that they commit. They like Kanan's still up in the air about training him right now. It's mm. he's along for the ride. He trusts him. He, he knows that he's been drawn to the, to the, uh, the holocron and to his saber. He knows that yeah. he's really powerful with the force, but he's still really unsure of his own path in terms of being able to give Ezra. He, he probably would rather hand Ezra off to Ahsoka. Mm. Yeah, in the same way that uh, you know, Din Djarin wanted to hand. He's really unsure of his own abilities. He's yeah, he's yeah. more of a, a Han Solo than a Luke Skywalker at this point. Yeah. As the Spectres lick their respective wounds, Ezra asks Kanan if that was an Inquisitor that they just encountered. 
Canaan explains that it must have been a Sith Lord. Ezra wants to know how they can defeat him, but Canaan believes them lucky to even be alive. Hera's instincts are to flee the planet, but Kanan realizes they cannot because Vader will have a fleet of Star Destroyers waiting for them in orbit. Hera has a plan, however. Smuggle them off-world. Hire Lando Calrissian. Vader knows they haven't left the planet, so he orders Agent Callus to burn Tarkintown, banking that their compassion will draw them out. It's always, it's always, let's use their compassion against them. Oh, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> it's always the, the sort of Sith method. The art of war. Exploit Hera contacts oh, Lando yeah. and offers him a cut of the shield generators, offering him two, but he says, basically, if you're offering me two, then I know you have six, so why don't you give me three? Uh, after bargaining Lando style, he agrees to take the job. He's not around. He agrees to take the job for half their take. And I just I'm gonna love, love that. I'm work. not there, but... <laughs> yeah, I got a droid that'll take care of it. Uh, and He's not around, but... Droids. <laughs> Yeah, that is, yeah, there it is. The proto C three PO, right? Uh, the not look, looking, yeah, not uh, the uh, those killer droids when they they transform. Yeah, a lot like those <laughs> a things. A lot like that. Yeah, Hera contacts Lando, offers him the cut of the shield generators. After bargaining Lando style, he agrees to take the job. He's not on around, planet. but his droid, his droid is on planet, and that he can get them what they need. Ezra, meanwhile, notices Tarkin Town is a smoking disaster off yeah. in the distance. I don't, Ezra, oh. six to, I don't think they had six generators though. There was definitely four. They got like visibly four. It was four for sure. I don't know. Maybe there was. She like, must have been conning him too because she said that's half. But yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> true. Well, you got to play. Ever actually change, change hands here when you're, <laughs> they might... when you're dealing with Lando? You got to meet Lando on Lando's level. Yeah. I guess they just leave them with the droid. Yeah, maybe. Uh, maybe. Not really even covered. <laughs> yeah, really. Hera contacts. Uh, where are we? Sorry. Uh, Ezra races to investigate on a speeder bike. Kanan joins him outside of the town, explaining why the Empire would do this to innocent people to create a sense of fear in order to draw the Jedi out. Kanan says there is a cost to every action they take. When the Clone Wars began, there were 10,000 Jedi Knights to protect the galaxy, but now. Ezra knows that the two of them that are all that stands against the Empire in a galaxy once teeming with Jedi Guardians. Ezra is adamant that he isn't afraid. And that's what worries Kanan. Shows a level of almost like naivety to him still. Oh yeah. He's yeah, yeah he's like, like why would uh, they do this you know, to get to us? There's a line, there's a line later where Ezra is fighting Vader a couple of seasons from now. Like and and Vader's like, you know. You're 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 being a fool trying to fight me essentially, and he's like, "I'm not afraid of you." And then Vader says, "Well, you'll die braver than most." Then, yeah, <laughs> that's a great line. Uh, back at the camp, Kanan tells the other Spectres about Tarkin Town, its entire population detained by the Empire. Zeb wants to fight, but Kanan knows he will be waiting there. They have no choice to leave for the good of Lothal. Sabine finds that Lando is in possession of several ship transponder units, and she's got a plan to have them broadcast the ship's transponder code and have several of them in different sectors, hopefully spreading out the Empire's resources long enough to escape. Uh, the shuttle drops several devices around Lothal and makes for orbit. As several decoys, um, as several decoys report the shuttle signa signal in succession to the lead destroyer, the ties are indeed drawn thin, as the Imperial Admiral in charge realizes one signal is leaving the atmosphere, it's already too late, and Hera makes the jump to safety. The Admiral reports to Callus with his tail between his legs, that they've lost the shuttle, but it's a small matter as they've been tracking, they have a tracking beacon on board. Of course they not do. this ship, sister. 
Discussing options, it's deemed best to return to the fleet. Hera, after all, believes that they are part of the rebellion now. Docking back with the fleet, relief is short-lived when Chop informs the ghost crew that a transponder is just activated on the shuttle. They've been tracked to the fleet. Rushing to the bridge to alert Commander Sato and Ahsoka, it's already too late as a single advanced tie emerges from hyperspace. So much for that uh, Pelticlass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so much for the Phoenix home. Bye! But he's and just one are... TIE fighter. Oh, yeah, just one. <laughs> <laughs> all those uh, A-wings. Yeah, it's wow, like they launched like six. Uh, what, Phoenix three, one and two. Six, eight? Yeah, eight. eight. There's eight. eight. Yeah. yeah, and he takes out the two top pilots first, too. Yeah, well, he's yeah. not. He does a lot of the uh, spinning. <laughs> he does. That's a good. That's a good trick. That's a good trick. This. Still, in the war room, the group gathers around the console to monitor the situation. Sato orders that Phoenix Squadron launch, and eight A-wings fighters deploy to intercept the lone Tie fighter. But the pilot is highly skilled and begins to pick them off like womp rats in a canyon. As the telemetry shows the fighter beginning to make an attack run on the capital ship, Hera knows that the pilots are outmatched, and she knows what she must do: get involved. I love that line, actually. What are you going and to do? Get involved. And it's directed at him, you know, not just in the, like, hey, I'm going to go help these guys, but there's a real <laughs> personal, like, it's almost like a poke. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you should do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, you want to you wanna cut ties and run. Several know, times should... throughout this course of the series, he, he tries to rein her back for himself. Yeah. He tries to be like, why don't we just go? He even makes a joke. He even makes a joke, and uh, there's a line between them where she uh, she says she either tells him do to do something, and he's like, "Okay, general," and I'm yeah. like, "Oh, oh, <laughs> well, foreshadowing there because yeah. by the time it's, we it's get to like, Rogue One, we hear that well, that uh, General Sandula, yeah, General Sandula. Yeah. It's a lot like a like a real couple too. Really oh, absolutely, couple. absolutely, yeah." Joined by the entire ghost crew and Ahsoka, Hera attempts to draw the tie away. But Ezra senses the cold, the fear, the hate. Ahsoka senses the strength of the Force in the pilot, but believes she can see who or what they are up against. And combining his abilities, Kanan places a hand on her shoulder, and they both reach out with the Force. It's an interesting there, uh, little thing here with, to two. Two of them, <laughs> with the two of them having like Kanan have his hand on her shoulder. Yeah. Almost like, is he amplifying her? Like, I don't fully appreciate what's happening here. Yeah. Other yeah. than, well, you know, space wizardry. Perhaps they Maybe stack. I mean, I guess Ahsoka, you know, Ahsoka does it to, she's, you know, touches Rex and he starts chanting when she's removing his chip. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah perhaps yeah. you can, I don't know amplify amplify that's like, kind of like, what i wondered yeah wonder. like, yeah because yeah, she tells him remember your training yeah just remember your training so she's right. obviously taking the lead and he's just right. a, a battery we do see several times in, in this when we start to get to the jedi temple stuff so stick around folks but when you yeah. um and it requires a padawan and a and a master or yeah. an apprentice yeah, yeah. and a master to open some of these temples so there is something to be said about the the combine and the, you know we jump forward 35 years or 40 years at this point into a di- an actual dyad in the force where people can share time and space. Right. You know, yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, touching minds. Vader remarks aloud. The apprentice lives. The apprentice lives. There. I went from 15 pictures to two. two. <laughs> two. <laughs> 
Shock and horror fill Ahsoka's mind as she is rendered unconscious by the contact. Falling back, Kanan catches her. Hera barks at Sato to abandon ship and get to hyperspace. Several pods launch and manage to dock with the Corvette. Vader's attention now fully upon the ghost. In an incredible display of flight skill, Hera weaves in and out of Vader's sights, uh, headed straight towards the Star Destroyers. She anticipates the Empire's next move as the Admiral orders the tractor beam at the ready, and just as it's engaged, the ghost jumps to hyperspace between the two behemoths, and the invisible toe beam snags Vader's tie in its grasp. Oops. And I just gotta, like, she outflies. He was yeah. the best spy pilot in the galaxy. That's right. <laughs> she outflies him. Like, he yeah. can't peg her. She's, uh, she's up really there. Hope, I, you know, I hope we get into in the aftermath novels for fun. She flies head to head with with Han Solo. She absolutely should. Like, I, I mean, call it maybe it's a little on the nose, but I mean, I want to see the Millennium Falcon, the Ghost. And the Outrider all trying to do some crazy thing to have all right. three of these like hot shit pilots yeah. uh, and their their uh, hero yeah. freighters. Yeah. If I had to yeah. put money, I'd put it on Harrison Dula. Man, I can't yeah. wait. And I really hope we get into that level of stuff uh, in the Ahsoka show. I do as well. I do as well. Back in the cockpit of the ghost, awake now, Ahsoka ponders the meaning of what has just transpired. Whatever, whatever that was, <laughs> whatever that was, Hera lets it be known that they will face it together. And Ahsoka looks back at the crew, a glimmer of hope in her eyes. But somewhere deep, she knows the truth, and she oh, will not be able to run from that. Yep. You, you get the feeling, like just from the way that she's she's a little guarded there. Like, yeah, she's are you not okay? Yes, I'm fine. She knows. And then <laughs> yeah, she yeah, turns yeah. away, and she's not fine. No, I'm just gonna go. <laughs> I'm yeah. not crying. You're crying. <laughs> I'm going to stay inside myself here for a minute because what I yeah. think I know can't possibly be what I think I know, but it is what I know because I know what I know. Yeah. I'm just right. not telling she, anybody I know what I know. It, what, what it is, it's it's literally denial. It's the Oh, yeah. It's a stage like, of the grieving process she yeah. never went through. That's right. Yeah. Like, no, he can't be evil. He's dead. He's yeah. dead. Yeah. yeah, much easier to believe that. Aboard his Star Destroyer, Vader clears the bridge, making contact with the Emperor to inform him that the apprentice of Anakin Skywalker survived the Purge and is in league with these rebels. Sidious believes she may be the key to finding other lost Jedi, and Vader muses aloud, such as Kenobi. He's the Emperor still returns. driven. Yep. Still driven. Yeah. Perhaps, if he lives, he tells Vader to have patience and dispatch another Inquisitor to hunt them down. Vader bows his head in obedience. As you wish, my master. And we cut to black. Mm. Man. Mm. Vader, Vader, I back no to Vader's always has something to drive him. Like, we don't know a lot about what motivates the rest of the Sith beyond like, I'm a Sith and I'm a bad guy and I want to rule. Right, right. He's when, when we first find him in the comic books after the events of revenge of the Sith in his first yeah. months as Vader, where he's being trained, like formally trained by Sidious. Yeah, he's obsessed with bringing Padme back to life. He still thinks he can bring right. her corpse back to life. Yeah, um, and then he's obsessed with finding Obi Wan, and then he's obsessed with finding Ahsoka, and then he's obsessed with finding Luke. To, and yep. then he dies. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, uh, the suffering and the pain and the like. It's all almost self inflicted, which is exactly what it really is. is. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, these these three episodes together, 
what do we think of these? How do they stack up in terms of uh, the uh, essentialness of them? They are on the essential list. They put them yeah. on a direct collision course. Yeah. Yeah. We probably could have just trimmed the end of every episode, jammed it into one thing and talked about when she pops up in the yeah. episode. Yeah. Really, I think it's probably. really important that um, her, especially in terms of now, and maybe one of the reasons Disney decided to put these episodes on there is because how yep. the beginnings of her relationship with, with Phoenix, uh, with, sorry, with, uh, with the ghost crew will inform rebel season five. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I so it really <laughs> does. Yeah. 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 And, I, and so I just caught last night, um, uh, one of the other, uh, star Wars YouTubers out there was saying that, uh, it looks like the bulk of the series is going to be set during the events of season three of the Mandalorian. I did. I did so, read that. Yeah. Um, we presume some of it's going to be time jumpy, whether it's actual time jump or flashbacks is yet yeah. to be seen, but we still haven't really pinned down how things in the world between worlds work. Exactly. <laughs> no, I mean, the, I yeah, have some questions. A lot about of that. Room. There's a lot of room. <laughs> Uh, stuff that we're going to cover on this show. So I guess we better, uh, we better figure this stuff out before we're going to talk about it. <laughs> I love, I love doing these episodes. I can't get enough of rebels. I can't wait for the, us to cover some more rebel stuff. Well, um, we're going to cover more next week. Well, to cover more, if there are ever that. dark times. I would, I would a hundred percent like to revisit these in, yeah. in microscopic oh, detail. My gosh. Yeah. Well, especially yeah. for stuff like uh, when they catch Vader in the tractor beam. The exchange on the Star Destroyer. Oh, that's right. Yeah. It's like, uh, <laughs> we just caught Vader. And he's like, well, let him go. Let him go. And then it's like. It wasn't your fault. It wasn't but your I won't fault. tell him He that. won't know that. <laughs> but Lord Vader won't know that. Yeah. He's like, oh, you cruel, cruel officer. Nobody got a choking in this. No. Nah, nobody, nobody got a choking. No one got a choking. Well, this has been an interesting uh, exercise in not only Ahsoka Tano, but obviously revisiting Rebels, for which we clearly uh, have a love for. We are going to come back and do it again next week. Um, as I said earlier, pre-show, I, I couldn't remember. I thought we were covering four episodes tonight, so I, I, I watched the, the, the next, next four. So I'm already sort of in the mindset of where we're going. And some mm. of that weird master apprentice stuff is going to come up. Some of that weird metaphysical stuff, that space wizardry, that, uh, that is the force, uh, is going to be quite prevalent in the next one. So that's going to be a fun one to, awesome. to chew on. And then we get into, uh, uh, what phantom apprentice. So those are, uh, those are some very exciting mm. episodes. Hmm. And then right after that, it's, uh, I think we got one, one or two more, one more episode, uh, of rebels. And then we get into the live action stuff, which is the, uh, the Mandalorian Mando and, and the Boba Fett. Of Boba Fett. And then it's here. <laughs> and it's time. I'm so excited, uh, to, to still be doing this with you guys. It is oh, uh, man. a blast week in and week out. Um, it still is the highlight of my week. I hope you guys enjoy this. Um, especially for all you first timers that may be experiencing these shows for the first time. I hope that, uh, you guys embrace it the same way that we do. I hope we're not too, too spoilery, but Hey, it's kind of the name of the game. What we do here with the level of detail <laughs> that we normally would, would yeah. cover these with. And again, if you guys like our deep dive review series and you would like to see us tackle rebels, 
um, let us know because there may be an occasion where there's nothing going on uh, in terms of other new uh, Star Wars and Marvel stuff that we're not covering that we we could start rolling these out sort of at a at a slower rate because we could be affected by the writer's strike. We could be, and then we'll be scrambling for some stuff to do. <clears throat> that being said. You know we like to live stream here. Yep. We do it twice a week now, uh, Sundays as we do our our, uh, our pre-semi-scripted stuff. And then Tuesday nights where we just kind of like, we just throw everything into a hat and pull stuff out. Yep. That's our <laughs> random, random fandom Tuesday nights. You're all invited to come and hang out with us on Tuesday night. Bring your random fandom that you want to talk about, whatever caught your attention in the headlines, uh, entertainment, pop culture speaking um as we will be back with that and uh i launched our new segment last week i Which, the uh, uh word on the street is it was received really well it was re- okay it was well received by uh, at least the folks over at your place yep okay that's good to know you, you have a uh, a fan of the segment so oh, fantastic it is our uh, for another uh, copy lexicon it's a little word game where i will i will put a nonsensical word out that is a real word and i will try uh I will, i'll give you some options to uh, decide what is the real meaning of the word and last week it was a lot of fun mm-hmm. it was a lot of fun so we're gonna do that again nice i might save it instead of rolling it at the beginning maybe i'll drop it sort of in the middle so so Give we're not a doing... chance to yeah exactly in. exactly all right uh any more for any more before we uh sign off for the evening gentlemen no i don't think so yeah, oh man, that was good stuff. Is, is Rebels is good. Rebels is good. And uh watching these uh, four episodes over the last couple of days just makes me want to go back and rewatch the entire series. As much as I love uh dialing in the, the laser focus stuff to find the bits I need for research, I just, just want to watch I just want to watch the series again. Yeah. <laughs> it's I, I it's one of the shows that I just throw on in the background of yeah, of yeah. stuff. Like it's at any given time, you might walk into my apartment and Rebels is on. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> that's fantastic. Listen, guys, I hope you had a, a great time hanging out with us, uh, as we always do hanging out with you. We will be back again next week, or you can come see us on Tuesday night. Otherwise, for Phantom Power, my name is Wes. I'm Andy. And I'm Hank. And we'll see you on the next one. Bye for now, everyone. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to Phantom Power. Be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Stay tuned for our next episode where we'll be talking about another one of your favorite fandoms.